power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Welcome to the podcast, In and Through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is Tim. And my name is Marshall. What's up, Marshall? Spring is in the air, Tim. No, it's not. It's a lie. <laughs> False spring. <laughs> you. So, I understand if people want to be like, Tim's a pessimist. <laughs> my wife would agree that I've become a hater of spring. Um... This isn't this isn't just about seeing the dark and everything and being a pest. This is about guarding your heart. Right. <laughs> and I'm guarding my heart. I know. I know. I hear you. I hear you. Like, you know, we're we're mid-March and it's warm out and the snow is melting, but you know, I can't shake the trauma of past years of getting blizzards on May long weekend. <laughs> right. It's like it's not done. I know it's not done. I yeah, we were talking about snow next week. Yeah. And Miriam heard us talking about snow next week. She's like, What? What? <laughs> Wait. No. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, well. That's not right. Yeah, unfortunately we're not we're not out of it yet. But there's a promise. There's an already but not there yet is... <laughs> aspect of spring. <laughs> there but is hope. There is hope. There is hope. Yeah. So Yep. We continue our podcast through the New City Catechism, through this kind of mini section on the Ten Commandments, and we come to the last two mm-hmm. today, the Ninth and the Tenth Commandments. Yeah, you know, we did a big disclaimer at the beginning of this we did. to talk about how there was going to be a stretch of about five episodes that were going to feel like legalism, mm-hmm. and do this, don't do that, um, keeping of the law kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because it was building to something, I, I think it's I think it's worth mentioning that again, right? Um, because next week we unfold some of the what it was been building to. Um, but yeah, just throwing that out there again, just to make sure that we're not getting into a spot where we're like all of a sudden stacking up laws mm-hmm. uh, because the podcast for the last three weeks has sounded a bit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I think what needs to be mentioned is if we were to be keeping the laws, this is what it would look like. Um, and that these laws were written by an unchanging God to express a level of righteousness. Um, there is going to be some variation of them that we need to acknowledge in our lives mm-hmm. um, in order to be showing righteousness in the way that that unchanging God has declared it to us. So it's there's an interesting balance. Like I said, next week a lot of that balance comes into play. Um yeah. Yeah. So let's finish off these last two of the ten. Nine here. and ten. Nine and ten. So nine is you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Sure. And number ten is you shall not covet, and that includes your neighbor's house and his wife and his servants and his animals and anything else. As a as a kid growing up in church, mm-hmm. this was a fan favorite. <laughs> Because there was a bad word. There was. In the Bible. In the KJV. That's right. Yeah. And you got to say it because it was there. Yeah. So who can stop you? <laughs> That's great. That's great. That's for all of us that grew up in 1611. Yeah. Did you? Were you 1611 I, growing up? No, I was born in 79. <laughs> which, which, by the way, now sounds really old. And and when I have to do this, like, scroll down to your birthday thing, you got to give it a couple of good two or three swipes before you get down there. That's great. 
No, but I did grow up with the King James Version. Okay. That was my, I still have my children's Bible, and it's a KJV. Mm. Yeah, see, I was born in 90, so we had already, we were essentially, I think we were 1984, yes, uh, NIV was kind of where we were. Yeah, that I think the church I, I grew up in went from King James to NLT. Oh, really? That's a uh, no, 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 not NLT. Sorry, sorry, so sorry. NASB. NASB. Oh, NASB. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been in a church that had NASB Bibles as like the. Yeah. The and then I went from there to the NIV, from NIV to ESV. Mm-hmm. So and wh- where are we going? Because next? everybody cared. Where are we going? That's next? why yeah. I dropped that. Because <laughs> everyone cares. Uh, so, bearing false witness. Yeah. Yeah. What does it mean? Mm-hmm. How do people interpret what yep. that means? Right. Uh, is a fair question to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, Right. We wrestle with this because, I mean, obviously this is this is important. It's a part of God's law. It's very serious to bear false witness. And so what is all entailed in that? I think sometimes I think especially even for these for these last two amongst the 10, a lot of people can wrongly kind of relegate these to being particularly minor sins. Sure. Right. Because. I mean, especially in the in the case of the 10th. Uh, do not covet. It's kind of like, is it kind of a victimless crime to right. just want something? Yeah. Right. Or in the ninth, it's like, well, okay, there are some lies that have serious consequences or bearing false witness can have serious consequences, but is it really all that harmful in every circumstance? Right. So, so we have to, I think, guard ourselves from, from minimizing the, the weight of these commandments. Yeah. I think one of the ways to look at this, and we talked about this a little bit last week as well, uh, when we want to minimize things, it's, it's when we want to minimize sins, the quickest way to go about that is to do the whole, it's a victimless crime, mm-hmm. right? No one was hurt by it. The issue is not sins against humanity. The issue is sin that causes us to be less than righteous mm-hmm. before a holy God, right? Um, so if we want to measure the the weight of a sin based on whether or not it offends other people. You're welcome to do that, but you're not measuring with the measuring stick that matters. Yeah. You've created your own system of measurement um, and whatever you want that system of measurement to be, it's a false system of measurement. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe, maybe it works for you and your own concept of morality applied, but it's not what God uses. Yeah. What God uses, he has given to us. And sin is the offense of God, not the offense of man. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. So what the catechism has to say in regards to this question is of what does God require in the ninth and 10th commandments? Ninth, that we do not lie or deceive, but speak the truth in love. Tenth, that we are content, not envying anyone or resenting what God has given uh, them or us, uh, which I think is really cool, and, and we could talk about that. But let's let's talk about the first one. Let's talk about sure. the not bearing false witness. Uh, there's a great verse that it kind of expands this a little bit. So I'm going to read this from Exodus 23, verses one to three. You shall not spread a false report. You shall not join hands with a wicked man to be a malicious witness. You shall not fall in with the many to do evil, nor shall you bear witness in a lawsuit siding with the many. So as to pervert justice, nor shall you be partial to a poor man in his lawsuit. 
So on a very top level thing, before we kind of go outwards from this, the the explicit command here is is one that has like legal connotations, by and large, in yeah. in, in the initial in the mm-hmm. initial in the initial kind of reading of it, um, perverting justice or perjury would be the the kind of the legal term, lying in a court of law, right, bearing a false witness, um, that's going to bring up a, a an unjust outcome. Um, what's what's really significant, what we need to understand is that. In the Old Testament context, in cases where there was false testimony that was suspected, they would do mm-hmm. thorough investigation. And if it was proven that you were providing a false witness, you would actually receive the punishment that would have been intended for the person you were accusing. Which I actually think, personally, is a wonderful principle that we should, I wish we had in our society. <laughs> no, seriously though, right? Like, right. I, I think it would, I mean, you want to, yeah, you really want to eliminate like pointless lawsuits or or false claims or all those types of things. Sure. Throw that one into the law books and suddenly like, you know, things things will hopefully hopefully clear up a bit. We um, do have the option of of slander. Sure. But that's that's a loosely held thing and people like to hide behind it with the freedom of speech thing. Mm-hmm. But uh but no. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's that's not the point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I so what you're saying is taking this at the broad do not lie mm. is maybe more of an umbrella and maybe it's more specific towards perjuring oneself. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like, I, I believe that from this, like, and throughout like the breadth of what scripture has to say, we know that lying is sin. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, so the, the question, the, the answer to the question we find in the catechism does fit and is definitely, um, uh, lying is obviously related to bearing false witness. Fal- bearing false witness is a one form of lying. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not saying that like, oh well, you know we can go ahead and lie. I just think it's it's worth noting. I think at least b- before we get too deep into the conversation that like there is a specificity in this commandment. But then as we look to the rest of Scripture, we see that there are there are multiple applications. Right. Right. Just like we've seen with other with other commandments too. right. Adultery is not just cheating on your spouse. Right. Murder is, as we will find out, is not actually just like taking the life of an innocent person. Right. Um, So anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know what? With both of these, with with all of them, as you mentioned, there are weeds. Sure. And gradients. Sure. These two are no exception. Mm -hmm. Right. Because anyone can come up with a what if scenario. Sure. Here's a picture of my baby. What do you think? <laughs> right? Yeah. Adorable. Yeah. Always. 100%. It doesn't, I don't even have to look at the picture. Mm-hmm. Adorable. I'm not going to tell you otherwise. Yeah. Right? Because what's the point of it? Yeah. I don't... If I thought otherwise, being brutally honest does me no good. Right. <laughs> um, it only creates harm. Yeah. Why not just say, great. Yeah. Right? The classic example, you're living in Poland uh, in the 1940s, mm-hmm. and a Nazi soldier comes to your door and says, are you harboring any Jews? Mm. And you have a Jewish family in the basement. Mm-hmm. Are you protecting them in a way that values human life, as God has instructed us to value human life, mm-hmm. or 
are you violating the ninth commandment by saying nope? Yeah. And and even if someone would be like, well, you don't have to say no, you could find some sort of <laughs> twisted way around it. You can cre- get creative with your wording and in a way just sort of like make them think that you're saying yes, yeah. but you're really or make you, them think you're saying no, but really you're leaving it very ambiguous. At that point, it's the same thing. Yeah. Right. Like uh, whatever we need to do to justify our lies to be like, well, it wasn't necessarily lying. Um, then you're <laughs> then not only are you lying to them, you're also lying to yourself. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's double lie. Uh, but all of these things come with these weeds. Sure. Right. It's, sure. I, I'd love for it to be black and white, mm-hmm. binary, however you want to describe it. But mm-hmm. there's some some weeds in this that. Christian morality requires us to do some wrestling with. There are passages in scripture that we need to wrestle with. No, let's not go there. We're going to go there later. No, I'm just kidding. We <laughs> well, okay, so before we go there, because I, I do want to kind of build towards the, a particular discussion on a particular passage that is also in Exodus. Um, why, why do we lie? Like, why do we lie? I think that's a good question to ask ourselves. Um, I, I think... Some one of the major motivations for lying is fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and and one of uh, a New Testament passage that kind of points to this to this this fear that causes people to lie is found in Matthew twenty one, where the Pharisees are questioning Jesus's authority, and he decides to uh, ask them a question because he likes to do that. Right, and he's like, "Hey guys, quick question for you: uh, Where did John's baptism come from?" Sure. And they're in a pickle because mm-hmm. if they admit that John's baptism was from heaven, then they lose face, right? They're admitting that they were wrong by right. not receiving it. And right. so losing esteem, the, the fear of losing the respect of people. But if they say what perhaps they truly believe, that it was from man, that it wasn't authentic, well, then they're afraid because the crowds might turn on them right. and kill them. So self-preservation. So out of self-preservation, right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's this fear of man that is pervasive in, in their thinking. And so they kind of say, we don't know, which mm-hmm. I think is a lie. I think they did have an opinion on it. Sure. Uh, they just chose not. Pharisees had an opinion on everything. Oh, yeah. Don't tell me. Don't like a Pharisee. Say, if a Pharisee says, I don't know the answer to that question, there's got to be some other thing going on that's causing them to do that yep. because they, yep. they had lots of opinions on lots of things. Um, but yeah, so I think like, yeah, motivations for lying. I mean, I think fear is a big one. Fear of losing the esteem of other people, fear of, of being harmed, personal harm, mm-hmm. um, a desire of control, sure. like to control a situation mm. and to manipulate it in a way that you feel like you can sustain mm-hmm. or operate within. Yeah. Um, so control is a big one. Yeah. Ananias and Sapphira lying about how much of the money they gave, right? They want, wanting to be respected. Yeah. Right. And maybe a little bit of love of money in there, too. A little bit of greed. Like, oh, mm-hmm. well, you know, um, they didn't have to give all the money away, but yeah. they wanted to to act like as though they were giving. They wanted away. the perception. Yeah. They wanted that perception. Um, but the question, bec- you know, the question that we've already kind of asked is and getting into the weeds here is, is it ever OK to lie? The one the one major example that I, I think of in Scripture is the example of the Hebrew midwives. Mm hmm. So Pharaoh has decided to kill all the baby boys who were born right. among the Hebrews in his land um, as a way to prevent, um, you know, any threats to his power. 
and the midwives aren't killing the babies. And so mm-hmm. Pharaoh's like, hey, why why are you not killing these babies? And they, they're like, well, those Hebrew women are just so tough that, you know, they're just having those babies so fast. We don't even get there in time, right. which is not true. You know what it shows? It shows that Pharaoh and his court were all men who didn't sit through births. <laughs> they did not understand. They had no it. idea. It was going to be like, oh, I guess that's a thing. Sure. I'll take your word for it, I guess. Um, but 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 what's interesting about the scripture, now the scripture doesn't directly commend the action but it does mention one thing that th- what they were doing was out of fear of God right so they feared God more than they feared Pharaoh mm-hmm. and I think that might be a helpful tool for those tricky instances for those instances of you know I'm a Polish farmer with a bunch of Jews in my basement and the Nazis are at the door mm-hmm who do I fear more? Right. right. And I think if, if we're preserving the lives of those innocent people out of a fear of God. Um, but even that could be tricky because it would also be the fear of the Lord that would cause you to say, I have to tell the truth I in know. all circumstances. I know. It's right? tricky. Uh, you're right. Um, but yeah. I know. But what? yeah. No, it's. Yeah. Thank goodness for grace <laughs> in those situations. I mean, honestly, right? Like we can't mm-hmm. give a definitive answer because you're going to find all these like shades of, okay, well, that's an extreme example. Obviously the Hebrew midwives that, you know, hiding Jews in the basement, those are extreme examples, but there are kind of less serious um, situations that we might find ourselves in. And I think as a general rule, I think God wants us to be truthful. truthful. I think the Bible wants us to be to speak the truth to for our yes to be yes and our no to be no to not be liars um to not bear false witness yeah and and i would say this you you could make the argument and say maybe you use the same metric for civil disobedience to a government as as you would for a lie right like Mm. is it causing you to uh stand in opposition to the the will and the plan of god Mm -hmm. right um, and, and that might feel like a nice, easy ribbon around it. Mm-hmm. Preservation of life being something that we know is important to God. But at the same time, we herald those who are asked at point of sword or gun, are you a Christian? Mm-hmm. And that person declares the name of the Lord mm-hmm. and loses life for it, right? Um, we wouldn't we wouldn't recommend in those situations someone saying, no, preserve your life because that matters to God. So Mm -hmm. maybe people don't see the connection there between the two, but I don't see lying to save someone else's life different than lying to save your own life. Hmm. Right. In a means that is, in a means that is sort of using the lie to further what we know God values. If we were going to put it on a gradient scale, it's, it's a very tricky thing. Yeah. Uh, and, And it is, you're not I don't I don't totally agree but that's okay. All right. Uh there's there is a web of destruction that we live under mm-hmm. in a broken world. Yeah. Which means things are not going to fit well. Yeah. And there is always going to be a tension. Mm-hmm. I am not telling you lie about it. <laughs> Seek forgiveness and not permission. Right. That's not the thing. That's not the point. No. The point is we cannot unpack every what if scenario. Mm-hmm. And even if we did, 
to sit back and say, well, I'm going to be the authority on what is and isn't a permissible lie. Mm-hmm. I would say the greater majority of what we deal with on a daily basis mm-hmm. are not those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are not those scenarios. 100%. 100%. So, so by and large, in the, not in the scenarios you could find yourself in, but in the scenarios where you do find yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't bear false witness. Yeah, hundred percent. I think like our truthful, like believers being truthful people, is an important part of our testimony. I yep. had I had one of the kids at youth group the other day ask, just kind of flat out, um, why do you believe the Christian faith is true mm-hmm. and not others, right? Yep. And so we had a good discussion about that. One of the things I mentioned about kind of the, from a, a kind of a historical like apologetic kind of. Uh, angle was that you know it's one thing to lie when it's to your advantage yep right but but the idea that the apostles and the other disciples who were close to jesus the people who witnessed him after his resurrection would all collectively decide to lie even though that lie would have them ostracized from society beaten imprisoned many of them tortured and murdered and all collectively just hold to that idea like that was like the idea that they would stand on that truth, even in the face of like immense cruelty was a huge testimony, not only to the people around them, but even historically, as we look back to say like, that doesn't make sense. Like to say that all the, all the apostles would simply like come up with this lie together right, and die for it. Mm-hmm. Even though like, if it were untrue, like that just doesn't make any sense. No one, no one recanted at any point. Yeah. If you look at, I, I think Paul himself is a great example of this, right? Paul was on route to be the kind of person who would become high priest. Right. At his confession of an experience and a relationship with Jesus Christ was put to death by the people who would have made him their leader. Right? What does he have to gain in that? Yeah. Nothing. Exactly. So so there's an element of truth in that. Uh, I, I would say much of, like you said earlier, much of this commandment explicitly has to do with lying about other people bearing false witness about them i mm-hmm. think we can universally say that's a no yeah um circumstances and stuff where it gets tricky it's tricky mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah but those are those are i think are rare rare occasions yeah. uh let's talk about covetousness mm. do we have to yes we do yeah. <laughs> this one's hard it is it is because it shows up in so many different ways and in so many different areas for so many different people, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and you, s- man, you have to guard the heart yeah. on this. I, I was talking with Martin Dam, who's the pastor at our local uh, CRC, and and he was saying this is tricky because our entire world economically is set up around covetous. Yeah, right. Covet this. This is a solution to a problem you didn't know you had, but now now I've made you think that that's a problem. Want this. It's your solution. Right. Right? Yes, your car runs fine, but your car didn't look like this. People aren't, people aren't Instagramming your kind of car. They're Instagramming this kind of car. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be happy, there's this. Even to the point of, like, how do you shop? <laughs> like, at, at what point do you just be like, well, I've got a shirt. <laughs> or do you look to a shirt and be like, but I like that shirt too. I'm going to get it, right? There's so <laughs> many so many shades of this. I'll, I'll tell you just from personal experience where this really gets me, and this is going to be a very specific thing, and 
around the areas of guitar and the gear that's supported by guitar. Sure. Um, I'm not a fantastic guitar player. I think that guitars themselves and the amps and the pedals and all that goes around it are just fascinating and an art in and of themselves. Mm. I have more than I need to do the once every two months playing at the church that I do. (laughs) But at the same time, my fascination with the topic and with the art itself causes me to want for a room full of every kind of guitar you could possibly ever need because I start to think to myself, but if I wanted to do this, what if I wanted to do this? What if I w-? and and this is the kind of pedal board I could put together and I could put a little Facebook post and other guitarists would be like, whoa, I'm going to acknowledge that that's a good thing. You must be a good guitar player. Therefore, you must be a good person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to be like you because you bought that. It's nonsense. Yeah. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. But I have to, I got to be careful of that. Yeah. That's that's the area for me. Um, confession time. Yeah. Yeah, no, for, like, for me, I'm trying to think what. Things. I mean, Boy, I. Boy, that's the high road. So no, 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 me, no, 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 no. Coveting. So coveting. So it's funny because, um, a lot of times when you think of like, the this uh, commandment, for whatever reason, in my head when I was remembering it, the list of things not to covet started with with the wife and then the servants and oxen. But mm-hmm. the first one is house, and like, yeah, I'm in a position where I I covet people's houses. You know, I'm on the outside looking into the home ownership game and like. Yeah, it's it's really hard. It's really hard to, uh, you know, guard my heart against wanting something that, you know, for the time being in God's sovereignty. And it's not not like we're homeless. Like we're fine. It's right. just that it's that, you know, that thing that I can't I can't have right now that is just like man and and, and here's the here's the, here's another problem too because what happens is you desire something that you don't have and then you begin to convince yourself that it is other people's fault that right. you can't have that. Right. Right? It's the system's fault. It's the market's fault. It's whatever whatever the other things, the other circumstances around that are preventing mm-hmm. you from having that thing that you feel you deserve. And it causes you to, to harbor ill will against other people because not only are you jealous that they have it and you don't, but in a way you feel as though they are the ones keeping it from you. Right. Rather... And the fact that God is sovereign over how he orders his creation and he apportions different bits and pieces to different people. And I need to be content with what I have because yeah. covetousness just stems from a lack of gratitude. And it can be it can be something that grows to the point of being a a pseudo idolatry. Mm-hmm. Right. So in in the git- guitar world, we call this having gas. Gear acquisition syndrome. Okay. <laughs> right? I love it. And in that, you just always feel like you need to buy the next thing. Yeah. And, and people are all the time on the forums posting about their gas. And um, and so I there was a young guy who posted on a Facebook group that I'm a part of. And he said, I got a new guitar. It's one I've been really wanting. I'm already thinking about the next one. When does it stop? And... This is supposed to be a place where everybody's just sort of lighthearted and having fun and all that kind of stuff. And I just posted, it stops when you're when you stop asking that a guitar to be more than a musical instrument. Yeah. When you stop asking it to be an identity or a a purpose for praise, because one thing we have to acknowledge all the time, right? Like 
no one cares what kind of guitar you're playing, what your amp is, or p- except for other guitar players. Yeah. If you're playing to a room of 200 people, there might be a person there. Who cares? Probably not. Um, it's a very it's a very small group, right? Uh, and and so there were a lot of people on that post saying, "No, this is exactly it. This is me. This is I. I want people to respect me by looking at this thing that I was able to purchase, which brings to it some kind of." Uh, understanding that I'm better than I am mm. at this activity, which means I'm a better person for it. And so it is it is about bolstering, bolstering and, and improving my identity in other people's eyes. And, and just, it's a stick and strings, Yeah. right? The guy's response to me was, I think you're overthinking it. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's how covetous can work. Mm-hmm. It, it causes you to long for what's not yours. And we can despise what is ours mm-hmm. because the grass is greener mm-hmm. over there. Um, and and in a way, it looks at God, our provider, and says, well, that's what you gave me for dinner. Mm-hmm. I wanted, right? And it never ends. Yeah. It really never ends. Yeah. I, I see it in, in my own kids, right? They're like, you know what would make me happy? And we're like, Last time you said that, you ended up getting it for your birthday, and it didn't last the day, and you would have moved on, mm-hmm. right? So it's just, it's a natural human condition. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really, in a lot of instances, we don't grow out of it, mm-hmm. right? Like I say, I see it in my kids, it just becomes more sophisticated and more expensive as we get older. It's true. Um, maybe not even more sophisticated, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? You tell men from the boys by the price of their toys, right? <laughs> you just... You just change what it is that you're wanting for. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't have to be purchased. Like both of us, we're talking about purchasable things. Mm-hmm. It can be spouses. People trade spouses for the same reason. Yeah. Right? It can be um, our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Right? I see people living in a way that I want to live. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my faith holds me back. And I'm going to walk away from it. Yeah. Um, so this comes in so many different levels and so many different attitu- uh, avenues that uh, mm-hmm. it's hard to pinpoint how best to guard it except for to say, learn contentment. Yeah. It's almost like breaking the 10th commandment is almost kind of like secretly wanting to break the 8th of not <laughs> stealing, right? It's right. like if I could, then maybe I would. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if I if I could get away with it or if I wouldn't, you know, if it wouldn't cause so many problems, like I'd, I'd take that if I could. Sure. Um, and so, yeah. So, I mean, it just shows our position of the heart. But like Jesus's own words. Right. Like to guard ourselves against covetousness, because, you know, one's life does not consist of earthly possessions or mm-hmm. the abundance of his possessions. Um, we really need to remind ourselves of that on a daily basis in our culture, because as as uh, Pastor Martin was saying to you, um, like, yeah, we're just like hardwired for that. Yeah. Like everything in our culture is just hardwired for that. Right. Um, and it's a good thing. Right. Mm. In in culture. Yeah. They see it as a good thing. Yeah. Right. I, I remember when when the first lockdowns ended, there was a commercial that came on the radio that said we've been kept from each other long enough. It's time to get out and and connect once again. Mm-hmm. Why not do it in a Jaguar? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, 
What, really, what's, really. What store was it? Was it is it the was it the Source or Best Buy's? One of those electronic stores that their their slogan was just "I want that." Oh, you're no, you're right. I want that. Right. Yeah. Right. Like that was just the basis of. Uh, it's not like, hey, we're a store and we have good products for things that you might need. It was just like, I want that. Yep. And, oh. and sometimes, sometimes it's it's less conspicuous. It becomes this. Uh, this issue of just you need that, yeah, because you deserve it. This you deserve is, it's the it. entitlement, right? The, the you the, deserve your break. You deserve yeah. The, you the upgrade. Des- the you deserve is like that's kind of that's a huge theme in marketing right now. Is yeah, you deserve it. You deserve it. And the reality is like people need to understand. Uh, the only thing you really deserve and I really deserve is like eternal punishment and damnation. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fact that we get anything good in this life is by the grace of God and by the mercy of God and just his love and goodness to us. And we need to learn how to be grateful for it. And I need to learn how to be grateful for it. Yeah. And, and so whether it's physical things or relational things, it can be physical personal health, health what it, yeah. whatever it is, yeah. we are taller versions of the kids sitting in a room full of toys with loving parents crying because there's nothing to play with mm-hmm. right and our discontentment causes us to be not only discontent with our circumstances it takes our eyes off of god mm-hmm. it causes us to be discontent with him mm-hmm. it causes us not to thrive that that whatever your gas is whatever it is that you feel like you just got to keep chasing down the next thing mm-hmm. stops you from living now yeah and enjoying life now mm. right I mean, you could even find yourself in a place where you're like, as soon as spring is here, I'm going to, like, life is going to change. I'm going to be doing, Lindsay was telling me about a meme she saw yesterday. It was like, when spring gets here, I'm going to, we're going to go camping, we're going to hikes, we're going to, and then halfway through the summer, we're like, Netflix is your mother now, right? <laughs> it's, it goes from like, there's just this, when this thing that isn't here is here, all of my own stumblings will go away mm-hmm. and all things will be made right. I just need the missing piece. Mm-hmm. But there's not a missing piece. There's a heart that doesn't operate well in any circumstance because it's broken and in need of redemption. And Christ is that. Mm-hmm. Amen. You want to wrap it up there? Yeah, let's wrap it up there. All right. Well, thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada, and is produced by Alex Walker. Have a nice day. Take care, everybody. Yeah.